happen. And if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. And good afternoon. Chuck Moore speaks Monday through Friday, 10 till noon. Here at the Information Radio Network. Welcome to the program. 844 439 1391. 844-439-1391. I've invited back on Thomas A. Crum. He is the author of What is Good for General Motors, Solving America's Industrial Conundrum. <laughs> Thomas is a former high-level General Motors executive. Uh, we did a program previously where we discussed the philosophy and his remedies for in- uh, industrial America generally, General Motors specifically. And uh, today I want to... Uh, further develop the uh, the very interesting thesis that um, Thomas presents. Thomas, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thank you, Chuck. It's very nice to have another chance at it. Are you there, Thomas? Okay. I am. Um, Chuck, can you hear me? We are. Hello, Thomas. Chuck, Chuck can you hear I, I me? Thank you very much. Okay. I, Chuck, I can, can hear you hear now. me? Thank you very much. For... Yes, okay. I can. Thank you, Thomas. Can you hear me? Yes, uh, I can. We have a little echo in the, uh, bit of an echo in the phone there. I don't know what's going on, but anyway, we shall forge forward. The All right. Book is what is good for General Motors solving America's industrial conundrum? Thomas, I talked a bit uh, in the introduction about the fact that we've I've had you on before. You you present a um, a very interesting blueprint for industrial America generally, General Motors specifically. And I wanted to have you back today to uh, to further flesh out that uh, that thesis um, and talk about uh, what you see as um, as an emphasis away from the more conventional uh, methodologies that has made America's industries great, and that is craftsmanship, and more toward uh, a, a mass production, which you state is uh, counterproductive. Could you elaborate, before we get into the specifics, just elaborate a little bit on that to give us an oversight. Uh, thank you for inviting me back, Chuck. Um, in general, I'm saying that craftsmen are more efficient than assembly lines. Uh, the point made 
before was that in 10 years, Henry Ford built the largest industrial enterprise in the world. And during those 10 years, he operated without the assembly line. Uh, in 1913, when he put it in, it actually was a mistake. Uh, he suffered his first walkout of his craftsmen. They simply said, boss, if you're not going to let us go back to making cars, uh, we're going back to making carriages and wagons. And they did. Um, America has been on this path towards assembly lines, mindless tasks, and We've forgotten the value of the creative mind and industrial, uh, the power of the craftsman. Thomas, I mean, I, just to uh, take a look at the other side here, and uh, please explain how this would work. Uh, would it not become so onerously expensive for uh, automobiles that are now mass-produced or other products, other industrial products, uh, to be done by craftsmen. I mean, it would become expensive to the consumer. How could we compete with such uh, craftsmanship when you have mass-produced industrial uh, machines overseas that would flood the market? Um, it, it's counterintuitive, and, and I know that that's been said for a very long time, over 100 years. But in fact, craftsmen build Lamborghinis, they build Ferraris, they built uh, Volvos for a while. Um, the craftsman approach is actually cost-effective and efficient, and yes, those are high-priced cars, but craftsmen can also put together low-priced automobiles. Um, we count on mechanics every day. You take your car in for service, the mechanic has to diagnose, tear it apart, put it back together, and you drive it home. And you trust that craftsman, that mechanic, to do it right. If you ever stop and watch a craftsman put your car back together, it's hard to catch them doing it because it's so easy or so quick. Not easy, but quick. Mm -hmm. um, they're actually more efficient than an assembly line worker. So then, in other words, what you're suggesting is to have trained craftsmen handling the uh, building of what we conventionally think of as mass-produced automobiles, and uh, whereas uh, more of the, what we have now, which is uh, a less skilled labor force, would either have to get up to speed as craftsmen, or they would be um, edged out of the uh, out of their jobs. Um. Yes, and at the same time, people in low-paying or non-skilled jobs would migrate into a craft workforce. We have a lot of craftsmen that refuse to work on an assembly line, and they try and find some other meaningful work. So it would be a transition in, in job location. Uh, but I believe one that would make America very competitive. And I don't think it's yeah, about... Go ahead. No, I mean, just a thought that comes to my mind, and again, I'm not involved in the industrial side of it. I mean, I have family that worked in the marketing side of General Motors. But uh, mm -hmm. I would imagine that, that craftsmen involved in the creation of, of cars 
they're going to need some unskilled assistance. They're going to need, it's like a chef needs a sous chef and, and people to uh, clean up in the kitchen. And also, it kind of gets back to the more traditional way in which Americans were educated, which is through apprenticeship. You know, the unskilled laborer would be as such unskilled in working for the craftsman, perhaps in a team setting. And at the same time, they would be mentored and they would become apprentice, apprentices, technically. They would yes. learn their trade. Yes. Um, two, two instances. Um, first, when I was working in a think tank at General Motors, I had a chance to interview two workers from Uddevalla, which is in Sweden, and they were building Volvos using teams instead of an assembly line. And mm -hmm. the conversation surprised me. They said that it took around um, a month and a half to, on average, learn how to put together one quarter of a car. So four people, each one knew a quarter of it. And they said that once in a while, a person would come along that just couldn't do it. They couldn't get it right or, or do it without making a mistake. Um, on the other hand, they said that there were people that within 30 days could do the whole car to do it quickly. So mm -hmm. mechanical right. aptitude, I mean, mathematical, logical thinking, is it's, people are different. Some have it and some don't. So... Sure. Um, yeah, look, I, other... I think that what you're presenting here is a very important model that um, it seems to me to be consonant with the future in terms of where we're going as not only an economy but as a people, where, where people are becoming more specialized. They're often working more independently. They're not part of these massive systems. I mean, the days uh -huh. of the uh, 5,000 people punching a time clock at a huge factory, that, that seems to be in the past – Anyway, it seems we seem to have moved on from that. I mean, I could point to my own case. I do this program out of um, Memphis, Tennessee, but I'm actually in Boston in a home studio, and I also work. I, I write books. I write press releases. I do all my work from my home office, and I think that I'm typical of more and more people now who are working their craft independently, more independently. They're running their own businesses Businesses are more pared down. They're smaller. They're more focused on, on very specific tasks. And uh, to my way of thinking, that would be the future for large industry, for, for the industrial sector as well, which seems to be what you're describing here, Thomas. Now, let me ask you, Thomas, what can the U.S. government do? What is the proper legislation that could help this process develop further? Okay. Um Several things. Let me, let me. One area of legislation would be to focus on avoiding a rentier collapse. And rentier is nothing more than a. It's a French word for a finance or a focus on the financial sector or financial manipulation. And it's it's described as as countries. World-leading countries evolve. They get more and more involved in foreign alliances and ways of building those alliances. And one of the things they evolve to offer 
in exchange for alliance is industrial capability. They begin to outsource jobs. So the finance, insurance, and real estate sectors evolve in these leading nations, but the industrial sector collapses. And ours has gone from a 20 to a 10% employer. What happens is that long before the industrial sector drops to zero, the economy collapses because you're, you're, you're spending too much money out of the economy to acquire goods. So you're, the world is going to a new balance. It's the wealth of America evolves into the hands of other countries, and eventually the economy fails. And we've seen hints of this. It's too big to fail with banks. Uh, there are lots of things that are signaling that that we're apt to get too big and in terms of foreign investment and foreign involvement, and the whole thing would, would fall apart. Um, well, so well, we your, need... your comments about the... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. The... The, the comments about too big to fail, I think we learned one of the things we learned from that, that experience was, and this was late 1988, 1989, that, uh, that a lot of the bailout money that went into these companies actually went overseas because the companies are multinational. They're heavily invested in foreign economies and nations. And uh, I guess my question to you is, are you suggesting, and I don't mean this in any way to be a pejorative because I actually support it, but uh, are you suggesting a more protectionist economic policy with regard to foreign imports, um, the re-implementation of tariff systems, uh, the protection of American industry and labor domestically? Um, in a way, but perhaps not the way it's, it's conjured by many people. There's, there is a way to make this evolution. Um, it involves some changes in legislation in, in craft education, which we talked talked about last time. Um, there there are antitrust, inheritance, patent, and currency exchange laws. But let me let me try and answer that. A way. Right, we'll be right back, Thomas. We'll okay. Take a brief break. My guest is Thomas Crump. The book is. What is good for General Motors? Solving America's industrial conundrum. Safety, safety, safety. I'm saying it three times. Studies show you need to hear something three times to remember it. So remember, safety, safety, safety is important to me, me, me. That's why I love Granger. Granger has the products to help keep our facilities safe and people safer. Say it with me, kid. Safety, safety, safety from Granger, Granger, Granger. When you think safety, think Granger. Get it? Got it? Good. Call clickgranger.com slash safety or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
Are you tired of having more month left over at the end of the money? Then you might want to consider a home-based business. On average, a home business household earns nearly twice as much money and you don't have to fight traffic. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby with the three-step plan home business system. Building a home business could help you get out of debt, improve your lifestyle, why, you might even be able to save some money for a change. For information, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. There are thousands of people all over the nation using the 3-Step Plan to make money from home. Some are working for just a few extra dollars each month so they don't have to worry about money all the time. Others are building huge businesses that earn thousands upon thousands of dollars and are getting their share of the American dream. To find out how you could make more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. That's 800-480-2102. Okay, so you own a business and cash is tight. So what do you do when you need funds? Go to a bank? <laughs> yeah, right. Waste a lot of time, send tons of paperwork, only to find out you need to personally guarantee your home, firstborn, and everything in between. Or you can just call the Business Funding Group. Yeah, it's fast and simple, with a 95% approval rate and cash for any business purpose. Equipment, inventory, expansion, cash flow, payroll. Grab a pen or put this number in your cell phone, but call 1-800-684-5434. That's 1-800-684-5434. When you call, you'll find out how to quickly and easily easily get the cash you need up to one million dollars with no collateral no app or upfront fees and your credit rating is not a factor plus approvals in 12 hours and funds in two to three days call the business funding group at 1-800-684-5434 that's 1-800-684-5434 this is by far the fastest and best business loan you can possibly get call 1-800-684-5434 now this is a special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by federal tax relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. Hi, I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. With one phone call, you'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. It's a free service, so call now. 800-379-2206. 800-379-2206. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, Thomas Trump is my guest. What is good for general voters? Thomas, we're talking about a uh, political effort that on the domestic side would help to uh, retrain and train 
America's workforce so that they are more oriented toward craft and toward, toward skill in a sense the way unions used to be back in the early 20th century, late 19th century, when the union movement really started out as a craftsman uh, movement. I mean, you had skilled craftsmen who organized and formed unions. That was what the original American Federation of Labor was, actually. Um, and uh, you say that uh, there is a role for the government in terms of helping to foster that development. So uh, please elaborate. Okay. Um, since I talked to you last, I've, I've kind of shaken out uh, debt-based financing versus equity funding is perhaps an area where legislation at state and federal level could help the industrial sector. Um, it seems much better suited to industry. Now, to explain it, people, most, most Americans, if they're lucky, they have a 401k and a house, and they really can't control where they invest. They're part of a group, and they count on or hope for a 1% to 3% retirement return. Debt financing can bring opportunities at 5 to 6%. Um, and China is doing it. See, our government keeps interest low to reduce payments on its 17-plus trillion dollar debt. China keeps exchange rates favorable so they can make a high rate of return on their investment or a reasonable rate of return. That, that struggle to, to, to maintain balance and then to keep the government operating is back to rentier collapse. But the debt is climbing and there seems to be no end to it. I'm suggesting there isn't a way to walk away from it or to counter it, and that is in sectors like industry begin to organize and push for bond funding. Now, when you do bond funding, it's community-based investment. You're investing in projects and communities. Um, you can get tax-exempt bonds or taxable bonds. Um, the 5 to 6% are usually taxable. But you begin to bring hive-mind leadership back into industry. You've got community involvement. You've got investor involvement. Um, and you're walking away from that venture capital, short-term thinking, uh, steering of companies, which they can't repay the debt, they can't get an industry started that quickly, and invariably they're bought out. I mean, at whatever stage they are in terms of their development, it's, it's sold off, and it ends up offshore. Um, debt financing is... It's less costly, and it's longer-term thinking. So how you do well, I mean, this it, how is, you make this is Yeah, this is – go ahead. What you're describing also was a, was a um, – it was an old American model. I mean, in Massachusetts was the first government as a colony to set up what you're talking about, an equity bank, a land bank, which would give low-interest grants to farmers, uh, sort of the bonds of their day. Uh, with, mm -hmm. a, with a direct correlation to production, 
and they would th the interest would go right into the state treasury, which would go toward infrastructure improvement. There was no debt. It was a very it was kind of a, a very conservative form of debt. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I think that, that that's a, a system that <clears throat> could very easily be done in the industrial sector. General Motors could have its own bond issuance based upon <clears throat> very speci specified um, modalities of production and prediction as opposed to what we have now, which is a debt system, which is uh, where we give bankers, and, and in, this, in, our, in our country, the central bank is the Federal Reserve, we give them a fiat right, a fiat power to literally create money out of thin air and then lend it to our government at any interest rate that they decide to lend it. And so we uh -huh. have a debt-oriented economy. Our, our dollars are debt instruments. They're Federal Reserve notes. They're not – it's not an equity dollar. And um, what you're describing is actually a brilliant idea. It would not only reduce the, the national debt – and reduce interest on the debt because that could perhaps be handled with some sort of a negotiation. But it would turn the economy more toward a savings-based economy where you would have more capital accumulation that then could be invested and you would have bonds, which is a very conservative means of, of, of accruing a form of debt. Okay, we'll be right back with another replay. a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen, whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, remodelers, whatever type of home pro you need. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuildhomeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Did you know that by losing just 10 pounds, you could reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and arthritis by a whopping 50%? Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby from ilikehowilook.com. I have found something that could help you lose 10 to 15 pounds in the next 30 days without starving yourself or exercising to exhaustion. Just go to ilikehowilook.com and watch the short video. ilikehowilook.com uses hydrolyzed collagen protein to help you lose weight and tone up. They also have a thermogenic capsule that could curb your appetite, improve your mood, give you more energy, and the best part is that it burns fat like a blowtorch. I introduced this to some of my friends a few months ago. Within just a couple of weeks, most were losing weight and dropping dress and pants sizes faster than they could buy new clothes. So watch the video at ilikehowilook.com, and maybe soon you'll be saying, I like how I look. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much, and uh, Thomas Crum is my guest. We're talking about his blueprint for bringing back prosperity to the American industrial sector. Uh, we're talking right now about uh, 
means of financing that would be low debt, that would be basically uh, bonds against uh, predetermined uh, futures uh, regarding what what American production would look like based upon real solid antecedents. And, uh, and also we've been talking about uh, how to develop a more skilled workforce, proficiency testing, um, you know, all of the rest. Um, so please continue, Thomas. Um, this debt financing isn't my idea. The book is leading me to industrial startups, one in particular that's got some brilliant ideas about how to to launch a company and change the way that uh, industry is launched, give it a longer term for the creation of earnings because it, you just can't do it in two years or three years. Sometimes it takes four or five. Um, there's another focus in legislation. There are means of building alliances with other nations. We, we've got to stop this giving away our industrial and agricultural jobs. There are other ways to build alliances in, in loans and military backing, Peace Corps, NGOs, uh, but not, not currency manipulation um, and not just simply, which leads to giving away jobs. Um, there's another area we talked about last time, antitrust legislation. I talked about the DuPont family being kicked off the board of General Motors. They were suppliers of paint, so they understood industry and, and manufacturing and had long-term thinking about people development, workforce development, and capital equipment investment. They were replaced by short-term thinking, which is quarterly earnings and, and financial thinking. We need to rethink antitrust legislation and begin to let more industrial-based members back into the boardroom to influence long-term decisions. Um, You know, you're talking about also a model, a model that exists in in Germany, which is very effective, and that was put in place in post-war Germany by their Chancellor Konrad Adenauer, where the corporations uh, had direct involvement by the unions. The unions, by law, could not strike; they could not demand wage increases unless it was pegged to production and and growth in the company. And at the same time, they had a place at the table in terms of running the company because they, you know, who knows better than what a good product is than the people who actually create those products. So that way the unions and the the, the corporation had an equal and mutual self-interest in making that company as profitable as possible. And the result was that the German industry boomed after World War II and that the German unions actually are quite conservative in Germany. They're the more conservative sector politically. And also, as a sidebar, they were barred by law from getting involved in politics, which kept them focused on what they were there to do, which was industry and, and, and production, and not uh, you know, sending money to, uh, to various political figures. So uh, yeah. you know, it's a pretty good model to look at. Good point, Chuck. Well, well stated. Um, one fact I could add to Germany, if you take the 
the size of the industrial, not the size of the national uh, revenue stream in Germany versus the United States, we have 147,000 apprentices. Seems like a big number, but they have almost 3 million by an equivalent measure. They have right, a lot of apprentices. Another break here, Thomas. You bet. We'll be right back. Okay. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show Chuck Morse Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Morse speaks, people listen. The taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on-demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Com. Program returns in. By losing just 10 pounds, you could reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and arthritis by a whopping 50%. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby from ilikehowilook.com. I have found something that could help you lose 10 to 15 pounds in the next 30 days without starving yourself or exercising to exhaustion. Just go to ilikehowilook.com and watch the short video. ILikeHowILook.com uses hydrolyzed collagen protein to help you lose weight and tone up. They also have a thermogenic capsule that could curb your appetite, improve your mood, give you more energy, and the best part is that it burns fat like a blowtorch. I introduced this to some of my friends a few months ago. Within just a couple of weeks, most were losing weight and dropping dress and pant sizes faster than they could buy new clothes. So watch the video at I like how I look.com, and maybe soon you'll be seeing I like how I look. Author, journalist, and American patriot. This is Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much. We're joined by Thomas A. Crum. He is the author of What is Good for General Motors Solving America's Industrial Conundrum. Thomas, we're talking about, at this point, 
the proper American foreign policy that would facilitate and compensate the rest of the world for our putting America's industry first. And that's not necessarily through classic tariffs, although that's part of it. And by the way, we should point out that successful nations around the world, including Germany and Japan and China, they have very strong tariff policies. They don't make any bones about the fact that their governments protect their industries. It's part of how they view sovereignty, which it is. It's in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8. Congress shall regulate tariff and trade. I mean, this is what nations do. Sane nations protect their own industry so that uh, both labor and capital can, uh, can remain in, in, inside the nation and be used uh, to accumulate there and, and help uh, build a society. So you have some interesting ideas about how to compensate, how to sort of uh, ameliorate a, a more pro-business uh, policy by our government. So please elab elaborate a bit on that. Um, we've talked about currency exchange. Uh, we've talked about other other means of building alliances, uh, loans, military backing, these core uh, NGOs, non-government organizations involved in, in building other nations. There are non-profit usually. Um, there are things that we just need to do as a country to rebuild our industrial sector, get it back up to a 20% employer. With that comes a revenue stream of taxes, those those middle and high income jobs that we've lost and nobody knows how to recreate, I, I believe industry will bring them back to life. Um, every job in industry has a multiplier. I say it's eight. There are many different theories on that. But that means for every one middle or high income job you create, eight more in the community because the money circulates from hand to hand before it leaves town. Okay, well, just one more break here. Sorry about that, Thomas. We'll be right back. Okay. About the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law, this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and Thomas Crum is my guest. What is good for General Motors, solving America's industrial conundrum? Thomas, you've laid out a very solid uh, 
points a series of, of particulars with regard to American policy um, that would enhance our industrial age, that would improve our productivity, that would improve the lives of Americans, actually. Um, we're reaching toward the end of the program, so I'd like you to sort of wrap things up into a, you know, a couple of comments that we can have as a takeaway. Okay. Um, I want to thank you, Chuck. You asked me last time, so what would you want from your legislators? And I just wasn't prepared to answer it. I appreciate the second chance. Um, there are so many areas of legislation, inheritance and how we hand off companies. Uh, I talked about antitrust. Let me talk about inheritance for a moment. The traditional... Sure. Dad founds a company, he hands it to a son, but by the third or fourth generation, the company goes on the open market, and the capital exchangers, it, it ends up going abroad. In my lifetime, I've seen so many of those, and it's, it's just the workforce is just left standing in the dark. They don't, they don't have a chance. There must be a way to control what happens to our industrial sector. If it's a national security product, they're not allowed to sell it to foreign nations or some foreign nations. But perhaps there's some way in legislation to block uh, even the transfer of companies overseas. I don't know how, but again, it's, it's another area where there's, there's a leak in the bucket, and it's why we're losing our industrial economic strength. So, right. Thank I mean, you. There, thank are, you there very are much. ways that it could be done. Well, my pleasure. I mean, I think that um, without getting into specifics, and I'm certainly not qualified to do that, there are ways it could be done that in, in which uh, legislation and tax policy could be set up in such a way that it encourages domestic investment and it discourages um, money sent overseas. It's that simple. I mean, for one thing, they could lower the corporate tax rates, which would result in ten, you know, billions of dollars coming back into the United States. We have the highest corporate tax in the world. I mean, there are other mm -hmm. things that could be done to make America more business-friendly, more tax-friendly, more capital-friendly, and, and policies that would encourage domestic capital. We've talked about... Uh, the business of, uh, of equity bonding, which I think is a, a fantastic idea. We could talk about the decentralization of, the, of Wall Street so that states can set up their own bursars and, and, and exchanges. I mean, state banks have been very effective. There's one that's extremely good model in North Dakota. I mean, there's a way to essentially encourage the localization of capital, which I think would be a, more, a better reflection of, of where we are as Americans, where we sh always should have been, but you know, we, we, we should move away from this multinational, uh, big, you know, big currency modality where monies can be shifted around the world with a click of a mouse. And even though that obviously needs to remain legal, there are means that our government can put in place to discourage it and to award uh, companies and investors for keeping the money domestic. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, that you're on to a general program that would do it, and I like the, the the aspect of your ideas that would would help train the American worker. I think that's good for people. It's good for the products. 
it's good for you know it, it's more consistent with who we are i mean it's a you know the idea of the union working more closely with the with the corporation i mean they're both in the same boat you know i mean there's there's downsides to that and frankly we saw that with general motors itself but putting that aside you know the union ought to be more closely affiliated with the management because with laws that are put in place to to help that happen so anyway yeah. um thomas uh, uh, let people know where they can get the book, where they can find out more information about you, where they can read articles. Okay. Um, uh, the book is available on Amazon. If you simply load in my last name, C-R-U-M-M, um, what is good for General Motors should come up on the screen. Um, I can be reached at tacrum at earthlink.net. Um, and... Look forward to a chance to uh, interact with some of your audience. Um, I have found several readers have begun launching new ideas and trying to formulate new companies, and I'm beginning to help them. Um, I, I would like to do more of that. Again, it's, it's rebuilding a country. That's, that's what I'm after. Thomas Crump, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. Thank you, Chuck. This is great. Thank you. Program returns in. Look, kid, when guys like us walk into a facility in the morning, we can smell a problem. No one needs to hand us a work order. We already know it. Today, for instance, we need a new gearbox, six globe valves, and a dozen ballasts. And when I smell a problem, Granger smells that I smell a problem. They help me keep this place up and running. Now that's the kind of smell I like. The sweet smell of success. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com, or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and uh, again, want to thank Thomas Crum for joining me. Uh, excellent book. Check it out. Uh, you can check out my books, which are available, of course, on Amazon or Amazon Kindle. My three uh, published books, The Nazi Connection to Islamic Terrorism, Adolf Hitler and Hajj Amin el-Husseini, published by WorldNet Daily Books. A Whig Manifesto, A Short History of the Whig Movement, published by Trine Day Books, and Barney Frank and the Law of Unintended Consequences, How the Frank Amendments Helped Terrorists Get Legal Visas, published by iUniverse. And then there are my e-books available through Amazon Kindle exclusively. These are full-length books, anywhere from, uh, from 35 to 95,000 words. You could check out a couple of pages for free. You could read the reviews and the synopsis. Just go to Amazon, put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, M-O-R-S-E, like Morse code, and you'll see them come up. They are as follows. On the Jewish question, Karl Marx, anti-Semitism, and the war against the West. 
The Monkey Trial, Evolutionary Politics in the Post-Traditional Age. The Art and Science of American Money, How Our Money is Created and Why It Matters. The Socialist Bible, Why the Communist Manifesto is the World's Second Most Important Book. American Spring Manifesto, Manifesto of Operation American Spring. ACORN, The Takeover of America. American Testament, The Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. Bible Tabula Rasa, The Book of Genesis. Was Hitler a Leftist? The Counterfabians, Republicans in the Age of Obama. And finally, Islamo-Communism, The Communist Connection to Islamic Terrorism. Again, these books are all available at Amazon, Amazon Kindle. They range in price anywhere from 2 to 5 bucks, so they're pretty moderate. And uh, check them out by simply putting my name in the server, Chuck Morse, M-O-R-S-E, like Morse code, and it, that will bring you there. We've got Daniel Hennessy joining me in hour number two. Uh, Daniel is a Holocaust educator, activist, author, and presenter. He's worked with the Yad Vashem Holocaust Memorial in Jerusalem. We shall return in the second hour. You're listening to the Information Radio Network. People are more likely to get a pay cut than a cost of living raise. But I have good news for you. You can build your own golden parachute. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, and I think you'll find that the three-step plan home business system is a great solution to money worries. With a three-step plan home business, you can add to your income in your spare time. Many build their businesses into a full-time income that earns more than a regular job. That's a pretty good financial backup plan, don't you think? After all these years of hearing about us, you know that we have helped a lot of people earn extra money we could help you too. The three-step plan home business system is better than a parachute because we'll never leave you out there hanging. We'll train you and show you how to use the telephone and email to make money from home. Don't just worry about money. Do something about it. To find out how you could start making more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. George Bush and Barack Obama have been in Washington trying to legislate an economy. I've been all over America working to improve the economy one family at a time with the three-step plan home business system. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby. Thousands of enterprising Americans have changed their own financial futures by starting a business from their kitchen table. Most began part-time using their personal computers, telephones, and a belief in the American dream to carve out a stable business in a stormy business climate. They are housewives, truck drivers, downsized executives, health professionals, and even a lawyer or two. You could earn extra money or even replace your job. Technology advances have made this simpler and more efficient. So don't wait another 10 years. Check out the three-step plan. Go to 3stepusa.com. That's 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network.
Thank you very much. Hour number two of Chuck Moore Speaks, Monday through Friday, 10 till noon, Eastern Standard Time, right here at the Information Radio Network. You're welcome to join the program, 844-439-1391. 844-439-1391. My guest this segment is Daniel Hennessy. He is a Holocaust educator, activist, author, presenter. Daniel, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thank you, Chuck, for having me. My pleasure. This is a great opportunity to get some understanding and perhaps some insight with regard to uh, Holocaust education, where it's at. Um, you know, I'm certainly familiar with, with programs that have um, brought uh, young people to the uh, sites of the Holocaust. Uh, in fact, my daughter's high school, they had such a program, Facing History in Ourselves, and it was an excellent program. Um, I got to hear from the students after they came back and I was very impressed by uh, by how it was handled and um, and what they learned from it. Yeah, so Facing History is an excellent program. I, I was fortunate enough to go to their Holocaust Remembrance Project um, put on by Holland and Knight Charitable Trust uh, in 2012 uh, with Facing History, and I continue to work with Facing History. I use their materials um, all the time. Uh, Daniel, you uh, in the summary uh, uh, here, you say that um, you, you, you specialize in educational workshops on the subject of the Holocaust, which focuses on the history of Christian anti-Semitism, its tragic contribution to the road which led to the Holocaust, and the need for healing in the form of education within the Christian community. And uh, I have to tell you that while I think that that's all well and good, I wonder if that's not somewhat misplaced in terms of understanding the main locus of anti-Semitism today, um, it seems to me that it's not a Christian problem. I mean, I, and I would use as uh, perhaps an, a piece of evidence the response to this recent uh, Hamas attack on Israel. Uh, it seems that the main communities in the world today that uh, embrace anti-Semitism, first of all, are the Islamists, but secondly is the international left, not Christians. I mean, maybe they might. They certainly did historically. W what do you think? Well, no, I, I see your point, but my perspective is that the um, the evangelical Christian movement that is pro-Israel is an asset um, in order to pick up where um, there needs to be pickup. I, I, I call it a perfect storm. We're kind of in a perfect storm situation with Holocaust education because we have the threefold um, conditions of the Holocaust survivors aging out. We have Holocaust denial um, making inroads on college campuses through this historic revisionism. And then you have second, secondary teachers being overloaded and teaching the Holocaust, even in America, only peripherally, like through English language arts courses, not as a subject of history. And... My, I bring the Christian community into it as kind of a call to them that for ever since the camps were liberated in 45, we've left it to the burden of the Jewish people to really remember and memorialize the Holocaust. And, um, of course, it was Christian Europe that was silent during that time. And now is the time to not be silent. Now is the time to um, pick up and help carry this burden of Holocaust education in churches and schools. Um, as well as, you know, the activism towards our public schools. Um, the International Task Force on Holocaust Education 
cites about five reasons why it's not being taught in history courses so much anymore. And, you know, just the contracts that teachers have, they have so many other obligations in the classroom. It's psychologically a heavy thing. The training isn't there. And um, so we have so many fronts operating where Holocaust education uh, needs to be um, advocated for. Uh, we have to be vigilant about it. And really, I just I don't see the Christian community as a problem. I see it as part of the solution. Daniel, the main, I mean, uh, you're on the inside of the Holocaust education movement, so I'd like you to comment on it and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that the main focus of Holocaust education is to teach against discrimination, to teach against prejudice, and I think that that's obviously important. Of course, we should re reduce discrimination by getting to know each other better, by tolerating uh, different points of views that we may not agree with. But I would, it seems to me that it's a bit superficial. Uh, it doesn't take a look at the philosophy of Nazism and what that was all about, what went into this idea that led to the Holocaust. It just simply says, Let's not, you know, hate each other, and let's let's all, you know, get along. Um, am I am I anywhere near right on that? Oh, I think you're right on. I, you know, Michael Birenbaum, who is a scholar and an expert on the Holocaust, he he writes um, about that. The Americanization of Holocaust education has kind of become watered down due to the fact that it's exploited to teach diversity, and uh, it's become like kind of a vehicle for political correctness. And it's lost its essential message of, you know, the ontological stuff of what it really is, which is the Nazis and um, hatred and anti-Semitism. So, no, I think, I think you're right on with that. It needs to be taught as history. And, you know, I think there is a connection here that we're missing in terms of our estimation of world events today, too, because when you... When you just do the universal lesson thing and you talk about tolerance, and which is all good, those are byproducts of Holocaust education, um, we're missing this connection with what's going on in the world today regarding um, Islam and the connection with the Nazis and the whole perspective that we don't get when we don't see the whole picture. They, absolutely. Look, I, I, I'll tell you, I wrote a book on this topic published by WND Books called The Nazi Connection to Islamic Terrorism. Um, and, and I think that we, we saw this just now with the Hamas attack on Israel, which, to my way of thinking, was anything but short of genocidal in its intent. But also, I, I think it ought to be grappled with the fact that the main um, sort of camp followers, if you will, of the Hamas attack was the international left. And um, I saw this. I mean, I saw it here at Boston, where I live, and uh, I actually went to one of these uh, these pro-Hamas rallies um, along with my daughter, and the, the main attendees were two groups. First of all, you had people who were, you know, they were, they were probably Arab, and they were supportive of Hamas, and they tended to be somewhat respectful and quiet. But the other group was American left-wing students, whose faces were contorted with hatred and who were ashen and who were screaming and who were just uh, beside themselves. Now, these people don't have any skin in the game. They're not, they're, they're, most of them aren't Jewish. They're not Arab. They're not Palestinians. 
Um, what is it that is animating this? I mean, to my way of thinking, this is a, a form of anti-Semitism that is, I would argue, somewhat equivalent to the very same philosophy that did cause the Holocaust. Because I view Hitler and the Nazis as having been a so-called progressive movement. Right. No, I, I agree. It's it's a nefarious move, it's a strand of thought, and it's um, very stealthy. And I think that's that's why I'm moving career-wise kind of into the college circuit to start talking to kind of confront it there because, you know, Alan Dershowitz wrote a great article on this just um, on the 14th called Supporting Hamas is Anti-Semitic. And it is the same kind of thing because you talk about Jimmy Carter and these people who uh, come out and say that Hamas is a, a, a valid, legitimate um, political entity – and, you know, the, the, those people are talking about its political purposes and its military purposes to, to – um, and they're saying that these things are – you know, they, they need to um, become a state, et cetera. But all of that is encompassed in the idea of anti-Semitism. So no matter what angle these, the left is taking on this, they are superficially – um, addressing it, and they're not realizing the intolerance of it because all of this is rooted in anti-Semitism. And I think what, what's happening, the pro-Palestinian movement, the free Gaza movement and everything on college campuses, this is all churning inside of there. It's, it's kind of transmogrified into a political cause with everyone trying to separate anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism, and you can't. I, I, so I well, think well, you're right. I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, that that bothers me, that whole line of, of reasoning. But uh, but I guess that, that my question is, what is going on there? I mean, I understand the Palestinian position, and I, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. You know, it, it's it's a fight between two peoples for that tiny swath of land. But what I don't understand is where the left is siding with the Palestinian side of the argument, almost to the extent that, um, and I've and I've listened to this. I mean, I have fellow talk show hosts on the left who I know, um, where, where they're they're engaging in what I would argue is a form of propaganda, in that their their presentation is so one-sided, and it is so you know the, the type of language that they're using to discuss this, and the the sort of the atrocity propaganda they're using against the state of Israel. Is beyond, is something that is beyond conventional disagreements. I mean, I had one guy in this program a while back, Norman Solomon, who is a, a left wing activist from San Francisco, make reference on my program to the fact to the claim that the state of Israel had killed fifty babies, fifty Palestinian babies, and I asked him what his source on that was, and he pointed to Palestinian Arab websites. What is it that makes somebody like that take those sorts of positions? I mean, and I've seen this all over the place during this Hamas incident. I mean, what's going on with that? Uh, I, I don't know. Nobody knows for sure because it's such a, it's just an, you know, such a phenomenon. But my gut reaction is it's some kind of a residual or a latent or cryptic anti-Semitism. You know, the progressive political movements that tend to be the romantics, so to speak, of of, of politics, and they take this kind of romantic view, I think, 
so far of the poor underdog and things like that, they're tending that way anyway. And if you just leave out the anti-Semitic, the longest hatred, you know, and the 2,000 years of Christian anti-Jewish theology that really cultivated Europe to, for the Holocaust to happen, um, if you leave that out of it, Israel can look really not so good. But when you put it back in there and you make those connections of what supersessionist replacement theology, how that informed Christian Europe to create the Holocaust, and then how it moved um, outwardly, and, you know, as, as Europe goes left, it somehow moves, it shifts into this progressive thinking, but with the the horror and the the hate kind of left out of it. Well, uh, I, I'm not sure I agree with that. I mean, I think that there's plenty of hatred and horror in it. And this whole idea of portraying Israel as um, the aggressor is it's just, uh, if you look at the facts of it, it's just wrong. And yet they insist upon phrasing it in that way. Uh, We've we got to take a brief break here. Daniel Hennessy is my guest. He's a Holocaust educator. We'll be right back. This is a special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by federal tax relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen, whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, remodelers, whatever type of home pro you need. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuildhomeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to begin? Do you fear your job is in jeopardy or is your business income reduction keeping you awake at night? We're in the best time in 25 years to make a fortune in real estate without using your money or credit. My name is Ron Legrand, and I've taught a half a million people to do just that and personally bought hundreds of houses myself. 
If you'll call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and leave your information, I'll send you the first 500 callers my hot new CD, Foreclosure Fortunes, and my best-selling book to help you get started absolutely free. I'll show you how to build a six-figure income part-time with no previous experience and no license, even if you're a busy professional. Call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and get my new book and CD free. That's 800-970-6156. Take your life back and make this your best year ever. Call 800-970-6156 now. Did you know that by losing just 10 pounds, you could reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and arthritis by a whopping 50%? Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby from ilikehowilook.com. I have found something that could help you lose 10 to 15 pounds in the next 30 days without starving yourself or exercising to exhaustion. Just go to ilikehowilook.com and watch the short video. ilikehowilook.com uses hydrolyzed collagen protein to help you lose weight and tone up. They also have a thermogenic capsule that could curb your appetite, improve your mood, give you more energy, and the best part is that it burns fat like a blowtorch. I introduced this to some of my friends a few months ago. Within just a couple of weeks, most were losing weight and dropping dress and pant sizes faster than they could buy new clothes. So watch the video at ilikehowilook.com, and maybe soon you'll be saying, I like how I look. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much, and uh, my guest is Daniel Hennessy. He is a Holocaust educator, activist, author, presenter. Uh, Daniel, I would argue that the uh, the best means of coming to an understanding of why it is that uh, the left is becoming has become so anti-Semitic, and I think that the evidence of that is clear uh, as they've all come out of the woodwork as a result of the um, the Hamas war. Is, is not to, to look at Christian anti-Semitism, as real as that is, but to rather look, at, and this is a very taboo subject, I have a feeling, in the uh, Holocaust education community, but the, the bottom line is that there needs to be a good, solid history done of leftist anti-Semitism, and I think it goes back to Marx and his infamous pamphlet on the Jewish question um, and what he said in that. I've studied this. I actually wrote a book on it. And, and what those attitudes that he expressed were, which I think are the basis of a more scientific and political form of anti-Semitism, um, that, that uh, you know, it kind of draws from the Christian Christ killer thing. But I would argue that at the time that book was written in, 18, in the 1840s, Christian anti-Semitism was already waning in Europe. It was replaced by this new sort of scientific-sounding anti-Semitism. And that's what I think we're dealing with here. You know, well, yeah, I would, I would agree with you, Chuck. And I think that, um, you know, I, I recall years ago with a, a picture of Yasser Arafat with Nelson Mandela, and I think um, the guy from uh, Libya. And at that exactly. point, I think the left and and the PLO, et cetera, were um, connected at least in a public relations sense, with this idea of freedom fighters, that they were freedom fighters. And, you know, the left gravitates towards that idea, the underdog, the freedom fighter, that these 
these small people, the smaller peoples have to get their land back and the underdog kind of approach to things. And so I agree with you. I think that has to be really looked at, that when we start blending the ideas of freedom fighters and, and promoting those causes with terrorism, like Hamas, um, in the whole Islamo-fascist movement, that's where that's where we're at. It's very very dangerous when we in the West are starting to associate freedom fighters, some kind of a noble um, enterprise, with terror. Somewhere in there, I think that's my view is that that's where that's where that connection is. It's the noble and the ignoble coming together in a conceptual way. That is somehow you know the left takes this up. And all of a sudden, and then you do the whole turnaround that Israel is the apartheid state, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's a democracy. It has at least 19 Arabs, I believe, in the Knesset right now. But somewhere in there, this, right, this right, freedom fighting and, and terrorism somehow came to be. And I think it was a masterful You're, play by Yasser Arafat in terms of public relations when he took the war to the media. I mean, look, first of all, I don't think that the left has any legitimacy talking about freedom fighting. Uh, you know, we, 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 you know did, did they talk about it when Stalin massacred probably upwards of 30 million people? Um, so it's very relative what they call freedom fighting. And I think that the real anim animus toward Israel on the part of the left is the same animus they have toward the United States and toward capitalism. And that is because Israel is a free market, Western-oriented society. Um, as far as Arafat and the PLO are concerned, my research indicates that that was a Soviet cell, that he was trained in Moscow at Lumumba University. And that um, in the 1970s, uh, I, I, what was his name, uh, Ibu Ayad, one of the main PLO figures, wrote in his autobiography that a group of Palestinian PLO members went to Hanoi to meet with the North Vietnamese and asked them, how is it that you are so successful? How is it that you've captured the imagination of college students on the international left, and yet they don't like us? And the, the lesson they received was, according to Abu Iyad, number one, stop the language of saying we're going to slaughter all the Jews. It's not popular. It's not giving you a good name. Instead, talk about liberation, talk about freedom fighting. And secondly, they invented what they now call the two-state solution. Take a piece of it now and then eventually use it as a launching pad to take the rest later. And it was shortly after those meetings that Arafat appeared before the United Nations with a, with a, uh, a pistol tied to his holster and launched this international media campaign that you've just made reference to. And it's been somewhat successful. I don't think it was as successful as the North Vietnamese campaign. But I think that that's part of what this is about. We're going to take another brief break here. Daniel Hennessy is my guest, Holocaust educator. We'll be right back. People are more likely to get a pay cut than a cost of living raise. 
but I have good news for you. You can build your own golden parachute. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, and I think you'll find that the three-step plan home business system is a great solution to money worries. With a three-step plan home business, you can add to your income in your spare time. Many build their businesses into a full-time income that earns more than a regular job. That's a pretty good financial backup plan, don't you think? After all these years of hearing about us, you know that we have helped a lot of people earn extra money. We could help you, too. The three-step plan home business system is better than a parachute because we'll never leave you out there hanging. We'll train you and show you how to use the telephone and email to make money from home. Don't just worry about money. Do something about it. To find out how you could start making more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. Okay, so you own a business and cash is tight. So what do you do when you need funds? Go to a bank? (laughs) Yeah, right. Waste a lot of time, send tons of paperwork only to find out you need to personally guarantee your home, firstborn, and everything in between. Or you can just call the Business Funding Group. Yeah, it's fast and simple with a 95% approval rate and cash for any business purpose. Equipment, inventory, expansion, cash flow, payroll. Grab a pen or put this number in your cell phone, but call 1-800-684-5434. That's 1-800-684-5434. When you call, you'll find out how to quickly and easily get the cash you need, up to $1 million with no collateral, no app or upfront fees, and your credit rating is not a factor. Plus approvals in 12 hours and 5 in two to three days. Call the business funding group at 1-800-684-5434. That's 1-800-684-5434. This is by far the fastest and best business loan you can possibly get. Call 1-800-684-5434 now. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. Daniel Hennessy is my guest, Holocaust educator. Daniel, I just think that Holocaust education needs to open the lens a little bit and take a look at some of the philosophies that have led, that led historically to Nazism, I would argue, but more modern, in our more modern times, to the, anti, the rise of anti-Semitism that we look at today. I mean, the ADL Global Survey, which I think is largely correct, has made the claim that there's a, 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 a billion anti-Semites worldwide. That's one out of every seven human beings on the planet. Um, you know, this is something that um, it's, it seems like it's metastasizing. And to, um, to basically talk about um, this issue just as a history and, 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 and as something that involves discrimination, it just doesn't go deep enough for my way of thinking. I think we have to get to the root of the issues involved and that can be something that, that may not be politically correct, but if we really want to have an honest rendering of what, what, what is anti-Semitism and what led to the Holocaust, then that's the only, the only way to go. No, I, I see exactly what you're saying, and I'm going I'm to be thinking on that, Chuck, and, you know, because as, as an educator, um, my approach is to reach young people, secondary schools, colleges, and, you know, if we're not teaching the final solution and the Nazis enough, we never the, our our youth never has a chance to compare it to what Islam is offering, so to speak. These these the Nazi law versus Islamic Sharia law and the oppression and the totalitarianistic um, force of all this. 
So the first thing, I think, is to teach the Holocaust as history. We have to get back to that. Young people in, a, in, our, in our nation are, are able, I think, to then critically assess and see how the Nazi system of extermination relates to what's going on now in, the, in this movement that we see uh, with ISIS, et cetera, moving into Iraq. And, you know, that's, that's right. But I see exactly what you're saying. There are strong connections there. And I think they're just forming. I think, like, your book um, I'll have to get and read because I have to get up on this more. And perhaps Holocaust educators everywhere um, need to have this, like you said, the lens, ex- the lens expanded. I agree. No, I mean, I hope so, and that's my intent. I mean, and I understand that it, it's going to require a little un- discomfort and perhaps, you know, looking at things that are not politically correct because it requires a bit of a um, an examination or you might say a self-examination of the philosophy of the left and its contribution to anti-Semitism, to the Holocaust, and to modern uh, anti-Semitism. You know, it's, uh, it's it, to just say that it's because... Uh, you know, Christians historically called Jews Christ killers. That's true, but that's that's really not the main thrust of it. I mean, the Nazis were not a Christian movement. They were a secular socialist movement. They were anti-Christian, you know, almost as anti-Christian as they were anti-Jewish. And in that sense, they were very similar to the communist movement. And I would argue that both of those movements sprang from the darker side of the of the European Enlightenment. You know, I mean, we we in the West like to criticize Islam, and rightfully, uh, with its Sharia law and its jihad, but I think we need to take a hard look at our own uh, developments with regard to both Nazism and communism and how those movements, uh, you know, were worse. I mean, they certainly uh, were responsible for more human death and suffering, and and that uh, then concurrently how those movements influenced the emergence of the modern uh, Islamist movement, which I think it did. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And I think it's interesting how, you know, the Nazis exploited um, Christian anti-Semitism, the blood libel mythologies, all those anti-Semitic uh, Semitic myths that came out of medieval Christianity that were exploited by the Nazis. And that's an interesting sure. parallel because, uh, as I understand, they're rife in Arab media now absolutely okay we'll be right back daniel hennessy is my guest holocaust educator a truth talk defender chuck morse is someone you really do want to know chuck hosts the radio talk show chuck morse speaks which is nationally syndicated he's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly chuck received the 2003 communicator of the year award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by talkers magazine when chuck morse speaks people listen the taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on-demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. 
is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, proof of God in heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God by his universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Program returns in... News alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. Morse Speaks. Thank you very much, and we're back. Daniel Hennessy is my guest, Holocaust educator. Daniel, I've been fascinated by this topic all my life. As I remember as a kid hearing my aunts and uncles sitting around the kitchen table talking about the Holocaust and relatives that, um, that had been lost in Europe. I remember having fantasies about uh, seeing my dear Uncle Sammy on um, Thanksgiving morning, sitting on his easy chair with his cigar and his scotch, dozing for a football game, and imagining what would happen if a Gestapo agent banged on the door and came in and took him away. And it just was a subject of great fascination I, I, to try to imagine how this could have happened. Um, my brother and I read The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich by William Schreier when we were teenagers, and I still think that's the best book written on the topic. Um, he was the CBS correspondent in Berlin during the war. And uh, and yet my research on it and my articles and books have led me down some paths that are not politically correct. And, uh, you know, I, I, I make no apologies for that. I just want to get to the truth. I mean, I think that in order to really, you know, lift all the rocks possible on this topic, and that's what I try to do, you you have to uh, – you can't put, you can't worry about, about people's feelings, you know, and, and and I think that that that's that's the only way we're going to um, lessen the um, this advance of this sort of, this kind of hatred, I think. Yeah, well, I agree. I, I think that um, as an educator, you know, the Holocaust. I, I agree. The philosophical views, the leftist views, and the Marxist views have to be looked at very, as you say. You know, my my thing is what I call combating the assault on human memory, and. If our young people don't really have an adequate knowledge of the Holocaust per se, just as it is, 
Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be very difficult to build on that. You know, I think Holocaust denial, if you look at the ICR, the Institute for, uh, in Pasadena and these places that put out Holocaust denial literature, there's there's this connection. It's it's as though they're thinking if they can delegitimize the Holocaust, they can delegitimize the state of Israel. And there's a they're they're kind of trying to cut off that connection. And as if the Holocaust was the only reason for the state of Israel to come into being, which it's not. Zionism started long before that. But this is one of the things that I'm trying to engage the the Holocaust denial movement. Right. Okay, we'll be right back. And by the way, the Soviet Union denied the Holocaust right up to Gorbachev. But we'll be right back. Take another break. About the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Maurice Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. Uh, Daniel Hennessy is my guest, Holocaust educator. Daniel, I guess I just uh, I expect more from the um, from the Holocaust establishment. I guess you might say. Um, mm -hmm. I expect uh, a great. I expect just a. Uh, uh, perhaps a bit more of a uh, of a moral aspect to it, rather than just simply re recantation of history. I'd like it to be put into a context of philosophy. What is it that these people believed? Not just that they don't like Jews, and not just that they're prejudiced, but what are the philosophical principles that made up these ideas? If we can get to that, and we never will totally, but if we can approach it with regard to Nazism, then I think we'll, we will go a long way toward addressing international problems today. I, you know, you've, you've brought this up and made it clear. I think you bring up a very good point, so something that I'm going to think about um, further, because I, yeah. I agree with you. Well, well listen, uh, Daniel, I, uh, thank you for that, and, um, you know, I, I hope to continue the conversation. I mean, I'm, I'm actually in the process of writing a book right now called i mean controversially called why you hate jews <laughs> and uh -huh. um that's a working that's a working title and right. uh, I, I get i get into all of these things and uh, i just think that um to me this is a and, and i know for you as well it, it is really a, a an interest that's that's it's a lifetime interest uh trying to understand this as a way of getting to justice as a way of getting to uh, truth really yeah, exactly. You know, it all started for me on a day at the Simon Wiesenthal Center in Los Angeles talking to a Holocaust survivor, and there was a bomb threat on the building. Mm -hmm. And I had a moment of clarity. Wow. 
So from that point, I told Livia that day that I would never let the subject rest. And, you know, over 20 years later, um, I'm still moving on it. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lifelong passion. And um, I, I appreciate that aspect of, of what you do very much. Well, listen, uh, Daniel Hennessy, uh, do you want to let my listeners know where they can read articles written by you? Is there a website you'd like to uh, to give out? Well, I, I'm forming all that stuff right now. I've really only been working with the secondary um, population, school population. What I, if, if I, I'd like to give my email if people want to email me. Sure. And that would be Daniel Hennessy. D-A-N-I-E-L-H-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y-111 at gmail.com. Okay, Daniel, listen, I, I appreciate the work you're doing, especially with young people, with high school students. It's very important, and, um, and by all means, keep up the good work, and I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Will do. Thank you so much, Chuck, for uh, having me. All right, take care. Okay, so that's Daniel Hennessy. He is a Holocaust educator, activist, author, presenter. Um, my book, I mean, I've, I've written, look, I've written several books that are related to this topic. They're available at Amazon Kindle if you'd like to go there. And my latest book, I am, of which I am feverishly working on, and it's, a, it's turning into a pretty big book in, in volume. I've, I'm already up to almost 60,000 words, and I haven't even mentioned Hitler yet. Well, I've mentioned, but I haven't gotten to that chapter yet. Uh, is uh, being considered by various publishers, and I, I'm hoping to get good news on that actually next week. I can't mention who, but there's a pretty big publisher that's looking at it. And um, again, my goals with regard to the subject is not to uh, worry about what other people might think or not think. I am trying to get to the truth as best I can in my limited capacity. We all are limited. And I'm trying to do it honestly because I want to understand it and because as a hopeful byproduct of that attempt, I want to bring justice. I want justice and I want peace. You know, the the blood of the victims cries out from the grave. And uh, I am particularly shaken by what I have seen come out of the woodwork um, as a result of this Hamas war against the state of Israel. You know, they're firing genocidal missiles, 10,000 missiles over the past 10 years into um, Israeli population centers. And I have to hear Tom Hartman, liberal progressive radio talk show host, whom I, I know I've been on his show, refer to these missiles derisively as firecrackers and engage in this sort of um, atrocity propaganda that, uh, you know, is... Uh, couched in niceties, but there are others who have not been so nice. You want to check out the very left-wing uh, column site uh, called CounterPoint, and you'll see very open and very brazen alliances with Hamas, and I don't think there's any other way to describe it. Um, the whole BDS movement the, it is tailored to the left, and uh, if you check that out, you'll see what I mean. Anyway, we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Program returns in.
You have a mortgage and a load of other debt. Wouldn't it be great if it all just went away? Nine-year mortgage can change your life. We paid off all of our bills. All your debt, including your mortgage, in as little as nine years? We will have saved over $313,000 in interest payments. Even have more money left over each month? It lowered our monthly payments by a little over $500. Nine-year mortgage. (laughs) Where have they been all of our life? If you knew about something like that, you'd want to tell everybody. Whenever I have a friend or someone that needs this service, I give them the number. Hi, I'm Larry Ruff, president of Nine Year Mortgage. This is unlike anything you've ever seen before, and it will absolutely not harm your credit. Call for your free CD and learn how you can eliminate all of your debt, including your mortgage, much sooner than you ever dreamed possible. The more debt you have, the more we can help. Call for your free CD now, 800-383-5310. This works. Call the number. Call now for your free CD, 800-383-5310, 800-383-5310. author, journalist, and American patriot. This is Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much. I want to thank you all for listening this afternoon. And I want to thank my guests in the first hour, Thomas Crum, the author of What is Good for General Motors? Solving America's Industrial Conundrum. And also Daniel Hennessy. He is a Holocaust educator, uh, works with uh, high school students. Um, and, I mean, I'd like to mention, of course, my own books. Hey, this is my show, right? Might as well get in a little plug. Uh, you can check them out by going to Amazon or Amazon Kindle. Put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, M-O-R-S-E, like Morse code, and you will see three published books and 13 e-books come up. They are as follows. The Nazi Connection to Islamic Terrorism, Adolf Hitler and Hajamin al-Husseini. A Whig Manifesto, A Short History of the Whig Movement, Barney Frank and the Law of Unintended Consequences, How the Frank Amendment Helped Terrorists Get Legal Visas, On the Jewish Question, Karl Marx, Anti-Semitism and the War Against the West, The Monkey Trial, Evolutionary Politics in the Post-Traditional Age, The Art and Science of American Money, How Our Money is Created and Why It Matters, The Socialist Bible, Why the Communist Manifesto is the World's Second Most Important Book. American Spring Manifesto, Manifesto of Operation American Spring. ACORN, The Takeover of America. American Testament, The Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution, Keys to America's Future. Bible Tabula Rasa, The Book of Genesis. Was Hitler a leftist? The counter-Fabians, Republicans in the age of Obama. And finally, Islamo-Communism, the communist connection to Islamic terrorism. All of these books are available at Amazon or Amazon Kindle. Just put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, M-O-R-S-E, like Morse code. And you will see uh, the reviews, the synopsis. You read a few pages for free. They're moderately priced anywhere from 2 to 5 bucks a book. Uh, these are full-length books. Anyway, I want to thank you all for listening this afternoon. I shall return Monday. Have a good weekend, everyone. You're listening to the Information Radio Network. Buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to begin? Do you fear your job is in jeopardy or is your business income reduction keeping you awake at night? 
We're in the best time in 25 years to make a fortune in real estate without using your money or credit. My name is Ron Legrand, and I've taught a half a million people to do just that and personally bought hundreds of houses myself. If you'll call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and leave your information, I'll send you the first 500 callers my hot new CD, Foreclosure Fortunes, and my best-selling book to help you get started absolutely free. I'll show you how to build a six-figure income part-time with no previous experience and no license, even if you're a busy professional. Call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and get my new book and CD free. That's 800-970-6156. Take your life back and make this your best year ever. Call 800-970-6156 now.